Greetings and welcome to episode 275 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly whatever that I usually say about about with video games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by Daphne Moody. Hello. Citizens of the nerdy world, do not press that dial because we got a jam-packed show of gaming news for you. Because it's Monday. You know what that means. It is. It's definitely Monday. Couldn't possibly be any other day. <laughs> you mean people can see you this week? I know I'm back. I'm on camera. It's not finished. But it's, it's getting there. What do you think? Well, I already seen it, so it was pretty good. I think it's really good. Good, I'm glad. I feel like everything's at an angle. Like everything it, is at an angle. It looks <laughs> like I'm like I'm like like that, right? Yeah. But like I shouldn't be. Everything's straight. <laughs> apart, from, really? apart from me. Are you really? <laughs> apart, from, apart from me, but you know, everything else is straight. You don't get it. But hey ho, I'm gonna I might mess around with cameras and angles and stuff. Over the next few weeks till I get it the way I want it. But this is due for now. I got my microphone on a microphone arm. Yeah. Hands free like hands free. No more like holding holding the Jazz hands. Thing. My Mongus plush is finally on camera. <laughs> I got the flag up. I got my octoplush. Wish I can be like could be it can be grumpy. Or it can be happy. And I'm going to put that right behind me in the correct configuration for doing this podcast. But I also got these coasters and they're like NES cartridges. <laughs> and there's lots of them and half of them are Mario. <laughs> Is this, this your card? But... <laughs> Sure, Nintendo did it over games, but who knows? I got a Zelda one too. Zelda. Oh, yeah, there's one. Metroid. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Excite Bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo. And, like, yeah, it's all it's all cool. Like, most of the stuff behind me isn't new. It's just, it'll look new because it's never been on camera before. So, like, the alien. Face hugger, that was just always on top of my Xbox. So like when I was doing podcasts before, I was like I could see it the entire time. Cool. And I got the PlayStation light plugged in, and I've got some lights to go behind me. So at the moment, I'm using my lamp. It's too bright. You haven't turned the PlayStation light on. It's not plugged in. I haven't plugged it. I just literally just said I'll plug the PlayStation light in. <laughs> I need. I still need to plug it in. I'm not plugging it in now. Time. I haven't got a plug. The whole reason it's not plugged in is because there's no plug. <laughs> it was basically in the same position it was. It just moved the, a little Yeah, bit. but the plugs haven't moved. The plugs have moved. <laughs> the plugs are like over a year now, somewhere. Right, he's just. Uh, everybody should be hydrated. It's a good tip. That's why Amy's drinking poison. What's the t-shirt? 
best in the world. Wow. Someone's on an ego trip this week. <laughs> step in step into my eyes. <laughs> step into your eyes? Oh, that's the wrong lyric. Look in my eyes. Is this, what do you see? Is this like is this like yellow the yellow guy put a yellow in his yellow? <laughs> <laughs> from the latest uh, Twitch highlights uh, video over at youtube.com slash words about games UK it's not a Susan Smith yellow, yellow put put his yellow in his yellow Daffer Mooney August 2021 <laughs> you said that was it? yeah because <laughs> okay. yeah. then I was like say that again <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. When do you ever understand anything I say? All the time, usually. I'm That's so satisfied being in this room, really. You're so satisfied. That's the first time I've ever heard you satisfied being in your room. I know, right? All I need is a lock <laughs> on the door. But like, I've obviously I've lived in it for like a week and a bit now since I've like moved everything around. It's just so satisfying. This space on the floor, like ignore the foot spa. That's not that's not gonna stay stay there. <laughs> like the TV's in a in a good place, and like I did I did my makeup moody, and I didn't have to do a commando roll over the bed and squeeze myself into the corner next to the next to next to a window. I just rolled my chair over to the other desk, <laughs> and it's the all old, there. The old piece. The desk. old desk. Which is now a makeup slash coloring slash journaling station. And I've used it for all three things. So what I've seen, it looks very, very good. Yeah. It looks, it looks clean for once, so that's good. That's why it's probably, <laughs> it why you feel good in it. <laughs> what do you mean for once? I have to take I have to take slaps. I have to take snipes because so my fair. room looks like a pigsty right now. So, so like you, you've upped the, you've upped the game, so I have to now come back with my game upped. Um. Okay, this should be interesting. Oh, it won't be anything because my partner won't allow me to move the room around again because I've done it like ten times since we've moved here, and she gets hit. She gets really triggered if I move stuff. My my problem with moving moving stuff around it is like. The next idea is always better. Like exactly, that's what I always say. Not even like, not even in a like. Oh, the next idea is like is like a motivational. So it's literally like, I started off and it was shit, and since then, every time I've moved it around, it's been getting a little bit better. Yeah, and yeah. now I feel like I've 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 peaked. I think you have peaked right now. Yeah, until you find the next idea. Short of short of. Literally demolishing that wall behind me to go into the the next room. <laughs> like there's nowhere for me to go. I'm literally jammed in as much as I can. Like once I get some shelves there, like it's there's nowhere to put anything ever again. <laughs> On the plus side, though, your sound seems to have come back to normal. Because last week we had an issue with your sound. Well, you didn't. You sounded like a potato. And this week you sound fine. So I don't know what the crack was there. I'm guessing it was just Discord. Probably Discord. But you sound fine this week. Well, that's good. Maybe I was having hearing difficulties. And it was just like. Maybe it was just your setup because you were changed a little. But I haven't done anything to it. 
other than play 40 hours of Tales of Arise, I haven't done anything in my... I haven't done anything to my saddle. Oh, no. Oh, no. Chris. All right, let's, should, we, should we jump on the podcast? The actual podcast? What? I'm happy just to talk random crap like that. I don't know, but we, we, I like talking about video games and video game-related incidents. Oh, I can do that. I, pl- I finished Waves Labs. I don't know, yeah. I've almost finished Tales. Yay! I want to finish it tonight. Yay! I've got part two. So, like, I've got part two to do, right? And you might think, oh, so you're halfway through the game. Like, no. So, like, part one is, like, 30 to 35 hours, depending on, like, how much you do, like, side quests and exploring and stuff. And then, like, part two is, like, five hours. (laughs) It's, like, the last five hours of the game. It's not evenly split, like you would think it might be from hearing it being called part two. But I get why it's called part two, because this is a very significant shift in the story. <laughs> but it's only five hours. But it's long. like it's like the last part of the game. So it's like it's chapter six, basically, but they just call it part two because you get a new So like the game starts with like you do a little bit and then it starts with an anime intro, right? Which all Tales games do. And then, like, 35 hours in, you do a boss fight. There's a cutscene. <laughs> Shit goes down. And then it plays a second anime intro. <laughs> and it's like, cool. This is part two. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm only halfway through the game. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, I'm nearly finished. Because <laughs> I was thinking I was nearly finished. But then I was like, oh, shit. Maybe I'm not. And uh, I'll review that next week. Next week, yeah, yeah. And I will review Wavelengths. And then I'm going to take a short games break, <laughs> a long game break. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a break from yeah. long games, like play some like short games. Like I got a couple of games installed on Steam that are like 30 minutes each. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I'm just like, so like I might just like blast out some some short games because like I've played the same game. <laughs> For a week, and it's like wow. Well, but that shows that it's got your attention, though. Oh That's yeah, good. it's definitely good. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I definitely enjoy it. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tales, tales of fan girl, so you know. Mm. I even liked Hysteria, which is the one no one likes. <laughs> Amy going against the grave. What a surprise! <laughs> sure, <up. laughs> I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I've really enjoyed Wavelengths. Yeah, that's good. Seth is an amazing character. Seth is an amazing character. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm now replaying True Colors again. Of course you are. <laughs> I knew you would be. As soon as you the finished. The ending of Wavelength just made me go, I, I, I now have to play it again. <laughs> I just, I have to. It's like, it's the law. Moody is going to play no other games for the rest of 2021. <laughs> but Life is Strange, True Colors. <laughs> Until until um he's not even gonna play Pokemon. He's gonna play True Colors until the Life is Strange Remaster collection comes out next year. <laughs> Probably. He's gonna skip all the Pokemon games. <laughs> skip, skip Halo, Kena, Forza, Pokemon. I'm sure there's other games. Hollow Knight. Well, well that's not even coming out this Please, year, so Nintendo. I don't even yes, care about Fantasy Critic. Yeah. I just want to play Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, you kind of need a Fantasy Critic. Like, don't you have a game to cancel yet on that? Or have you uh, I that do. Yeah, so you've still got time. 
And Keith really needs to get his finger out of ass to pick which what's his last game would have been. But um He's no, it's fine. Like I don't I'm, I like I don't care about fantasy, Craig. I, mean, I just I like I feel like Hollow Knight would be the icing on the cake that would make twenty twenty one like the perfect yeah gaming year for me. Until next year. Until next year. <laughs> anyway, let's talk let's talk about video games. It's been like twelve minutes. <laughs> and half of that was me going, Look at my room. How cool is my room? Look at my flag. My flag's so awesome. I even got a purple amongst plushie. I'm gonna stop now. Uh there's timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube. If you haven't already used them to get past that, <laughs> you can use them to get around that and like watch the podcast in any order you want or just watch bits of it. It's fine, we don't mind. Uh, you can also the timestamps are also in the descriptions wherever you get your audio podcast because we are up on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Um, I apologize if my microphone placement isn't ideal. I haven't, I've literally I screwed this together like what an hour ago. <laughs> so you know, I'll, I'll, it's a journey. We'll figure it out. Um, let's dive right in. Talk about. A great video game publisher with a great history of non-stop amazing games called Konami. Konami is set to revive Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill. This is from Andy Robinson over at VGC. He writes, Konami is set to ramp up its premium game development with new installments and remakes for its biggest franchises, including Metal Gear and Castlevania. That's according to publishing sources who spoke to VGC anonymously because they did not have permission to discuss their projects publicly. Konami's premium games output has slowed down significantly in recent years. The last new, it's really off, you know, (laughs) every time you click somewhere on that page, I get a thing that pops up on my screen. (laughs) Please stop. <laughs> this little pink thing comes up that just says anonymous camel and it's just appearing all over the place. <laughs> the last new Metal Gear game was 2018's critically panned Metal Gear Survive. Oh my god, that game existed. It wasn't a fever dream. While the last mainline Castlevania releases 2014's Lords of Shadow 2. In the past decade, the company has arguably grown a bigger reputation for its pachinko gambling games than its for its premium PC and console releases. However, following a restructure to the company's game development divisions earlier this year, Konami is now focused on bringing back its biggest brands to the premium game space, VGC was told. The first of these titles will be a new Castlevania game, which sources described as a reimagining of the series currently in development internally at Konami in Japan with support from external studios. There's been much speculation that Demon's Souls studio Bluepoint could be working on a remake of Metal Gear Solid. However, VGC has told the series is actually being worked on by external studio Virtuous. Established in 2004, Virtuous is one of the largest game developers in the world and focuses on supporting the development of major AAA games or bringing existing games to new platforms. Recently, it worked on the Switch ports of Dark Souls Remastered, The Outer Worlds, and the Bioshock Collection, as well as contributing art and content to blockbusters such as Battlefield 1, Uncharted 4, and Horizon Zero Dawn. The new project is currently in early development, and multiple sources suggested it would be centered around fan-favorite entry Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater rather than the original MGS. 
Konami also intends to release remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles ahead of the larger project, we understand. Finally, multiple Silent Hill games are currently in development at various external development studios as per an earlier VGC report from February. One of these projects was outsourced to a prominent Japanese developer earlier this year, we were told. Konami should publicly showcase its plans at major shows next year, disruption from the pandemic permitting. Konami pulled out of this year's E3 2021 show due to timing issues, although at the time it confirmed it had a number of key projects in the works. Konami's Japanese bosses are understood to have historically pushed back against most pitches to outsource its key game brands, which is a big reason why previous pitches for Silent Hill games, such as one by Until Dawn Studios Supermassive... Why wasn't why doesn't that exist? Weren't greenlit. However, following the disappointing performance of recent in-house titles, Metal Gear Survive and Contra Roadcore, VGC sources said the company has become more willing to contract outside studios for its major franchises. Why why? Supermassive Games comes up to you and says, Hey, we want to make a Silent Hill game. You go, yes, here's the money. <laughs> That's the answer. That's the only correct answer. God Damn it! <laughs> um, so they've U-turned again from what they were saying a couple of years ago, which I think everyone I think was thinking they were going to do eventually. Yeah, they'd have to. Konami have some of the biggest franchises in the world: Metal Gear, Castlevania, Silent Hill, and many, many more. This is not a surprise whatsoever. Um, there's never really been really frustrations of like. Like obviously, we know there was rumors that Blue Point were possibly doing a Metal Gear remake, but obviously uh, we'll find out what they're doing later. <laughs> well, well, yeah, something like that, yeah. But um, no, um, <clears throat> no, there's never been actually actual evidence to say yes, this is actually happening and everything. So yeah, where did that even start? Just, like I, I don't even understand. Some, some PlayStation guy or some PlayStation fanboy probably said it, and they just like, went, oh, "Blue Point to make a Metal Gear." It's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. This is like the Nintendo Switch Pro. It's it was either Metal Gear or it was Silent Hill. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, I got yeah. sick of here. I think I put a I didn't I ban Silent Hill yeah. on this podcast at one point because I was like I'm sick of fucking yeah. hearing about it. So yeah, we're not doing it anymore. It reminds me oh, actually. Yeah. There's a there's a story <laughs> I didn't add that I was meant to add. Oh, but it's no, fine. Oh, I don't do that. Um. No, if the games come back and they're fantastic, that's all we need and that's all we want at the end of the day. New reversions, new revisions or whatever they want to do, bring it on. I'm always happy about that. Just don't give me Metal Gear Survive, for God's sake. Oh my God. I do not need that. I played that game, you know, Mooney. I know you did. Played it. It wasn't a dream, really. It wasn't. I thought it was a nightmare. Me and Keith played it. You know what? Me and Keith did have a bit of fun with it. Like it's it was a terrible game, like. Yeah. But we did have a little bit of fun with the multiplayer. Uh, on a stream once. Why is Jeff Grubb tweet so much? <laughs> Fuck's sake, Jeff. <clears throat> um, but yeah, this is good. Like I like I've been saying for years. Like I want Konami to bring back its IPs, like Castlevania and Silent Hill, are two IPs I love. Metal Gear is a is a beloved IP um that a lot of people love like and i personally i only got into it with metal gear 5 like the the new the latest one the last kojima's last metal gear solid um but if they're gonna remaster them like i'll give them a shot sure like but i've always wanted them to do it the right way like because we did a we did a podcast a while ago which was 
um, which, like the the topic of which was which video game franchises would you like to see make a comeback? And I I wasn't on that podcast, and I remember Keith was hosting it, and Keith Keith opened the podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm sure if Amy was here, she'd say Silent Hill. And this was like four or five years ago, and I, and I. <laughs> I edited the podcast, put it together. We got on the next podcast, and I was like, no, I wouldn't. Have you seen what Konami's been making recently? Why would I want them in Silent Hill right now? It would be terrible. Like, so, like, the fact that they're outsourcing to, like, other developers, like, to to get these franchises going again is a really good move. Like, Lords of Shadow 2 wasn't a great game. Contra wasn't a great game. Battle Gear Survive wasn't a great game the latest football game we'll be talking about in a few minutes like it's like they're they're struggling because they haven't been making very many games every their talent's gone like their talent pool just evaporated most of it works at kojima productions i'd imagine um so it this is this is the the news that gives me hope that maybe maybe this might not be a train wreck and I don't want it to be because I want these games to be good because I like some of them quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Konami, like like I always say, like like I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, just like we're like Activision and like Ubisoft. They have a rich history and we want to be talking about them in a positive light and everything. You can make money in whatever way you want with your pajinko machines and everything. Go for it. I don't really give a flying hoop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you throw out amazing games, you'll never hear a peep from anybody at all and you know that we know that we know this um so like you know, you've got the best some of the best franchises out there yeah bring them back and you do an amazing job you me and amy will literally be on be on top of that bloody mountain screaming it play these games. if silent hill came back and it was good like i will be obnoxious about it because i will just feel like i will be all over that shit like you won't be able to shut me up about that game <laughs> because i'll be like yeah suck it resident evil fans you've been taunting us for the past decade and a half <laughs> i don't think it's been that long but like it feels and that I'll long i'll be in my corner still like waiting for my dinosaur <laughs> wait i have a thing you'll just have your little dinosaur you'll just have your little dinosaur just be like it's one day one day, one day. it lights one up day one day <laughs> tonight tonight like <laughs> yes i need a nightlight um yeah like no i will be like super happy if i get to play like a new castlevania and a new silent hill and a new metal gear and they're all good games yeah um i just it does annoy me it does frustrate me that like you had super massive games like with a silent hill pitch and, and turned it down like god damn god damn but like I'm glad that whoever's in charge at Konami now has realized that if they can make money by making good games. Like, What's the craziest thing about it? Like, why, why the turn a few years ago went completely vinyl or vi viral? Um, it's like the video game industry is the biggest industry in the world. Yeah, but... It's the biggest entertainment industry in the world. Movies and music combined don't outgross what the video game industry does and that's how that's how that's well, for me when it just comes to a money aspect i'm just like goes, why are you doing this at the time it make much sense. 
at the time, I think that was because well, the games weren't very good. That that was part of the problem, I think, because at the time they were talking about how they're pitching they they're pachinko stuff and like because I think they own like don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they own um some whatever Japanese versions of casino is um. And that was making them a lot of money, and video games weren't making them a lot of money because they weren't seeing a massive return on investment on investment because that that games weren't very good. <laughs> like Metal Gear Solid Five was probably a big one for them, but then and like they got a huge backlash on that. But they got a huge backlash on it because they also sacked the guy who made it, like and refused to talk about him, and refused <laughs> to talk about him, and refused to let him accept awards for this this brilliant game that he'd made, and like, and and it was, and that was even that was 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 um, made compounded by the fact that you know like he was working on a Silent Hill game where that like and had released a demo for that game that was like that demo alone like is talked about as one of the best horror games of all time, <laughs> like never mind what the game that could have spawned from it would have been. Um, so like they faced a significant backlash and I think the I think ego might have played a part where I think they just went, you know what, we don't fucking need this. We make a shitload of money off pachinkos. We can just use our IPs and make pachinko machines out of them. And everything will be yeah. fine. Yeah. And I bet that and then they then then companies were starting to come across, yo, how much for this frat franchise that you are not using? <laughs> that, yeah. I, like I've I said for years, I said Microsoft should have just fucking reversed up to Konami headquarters with all the money that would fit in a truck and just said, we want to buy it, all of it. Yeah. Like, you can still make your pachinko machines, but can we, we want to make games with them. Um, So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not, like, excited or anything because Konami, like, Konami doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt right now in terms of, like, the games that it's produced in the last 10 years. Metal Gear oh, Solid yeah. 5 notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. It's a wait and see type of thing. There's no doubt about that. No doubt. But if they were obviously, it sounds like they were holding back this year, obviously because of the pandemic, so I'm guessing they might yeah, show they, next year. They will E3 show some. A very interesting thing next year. They if might they, even. If it's E3, they wait for. If it's E3, they wait for. You know, Jeff, Jeff Keeley might have even seen this and gone, hmm, maybe I can get something here. Like, we might see something in December. They, they were gonna, they were gonna be at E3. They were at one point gonna be at E3. I don't think they. It all depends because they would have saw what when Jeff basically called them out when the when they said they refused to allow Kojima to come through. It's, it's fine. It's I, new management now. It's new management. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but but <laughs> we're not done with Konami yet, Moody. Oh, why not? Did you click the link? I put I put a note at the bottom where I said Moody, click here. And, and like scroll I have, down. I have clicked the link. Look at the pictures in the videos while I read the while I read the text. Konami vows to fix eFootball following disastrous launch. This is from Wesley Impool over at Eurogamer. He writes, Konami has issued a statement on eFootball following its disastrous launch this week. The launch has gone so badly and the backlash has been so that word that eFootball is now the worst reviewed game ever on Steam. In a new statement published this afternoon, Konami vowed to improve the game and even went as far as to identify many of the gameplay and graphics issues that have seen eFootball become a meme. The statement points to pass speed and, quote, defense operation, end quote, two aspects of the game we highlighted as particularly problematic in our impressions piece. The statement also points to the quality of cutscenes, the player faces, which have gone viral, player movement, and the way the ball works. 
Basically, Konami is pretty much saying all of the game isn't where it should be. If I had to put things right and said an update is planned for this month. This month being October. Why are you wanting me to watch here? Just look at all the stupid vi- pictures and videos of all the bugs. It's WWE all over again. <laughs> With the big square mouths. Wait, where are they all? No. I thought that... Oh, it's the... I like, I've, you know what? Of the game. You know what, Moody? That's my bad. It's the wrong link. <clears throat> no, right, never mind. But either way... Um... I can find it. You... Like, this game is fucked. Like, let's focus on the fact that it is the most, the worst rated game on Steam in history. That's a, that's a title and a half, that, like. I know, right? <laughs> like, holy badge, shit. A badge of non-honor, or honor if you want, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a, well, it's, it's certainly something. Depends on how you want to twist it. <laughs> it's they they fucked it basically. Here's yeah, the correct link. Give me Google Doc. Like I'll have a look at it. There's some there's some pictures. No yeah. Um. So uh, I completely there's like this used to be Pez, didn't it? Uh, yeah. So this is Pro Evolution Soccer. They've changed it to yeah. eFootball. Yeah, and it's free. But it, it, I believe it's, it's like, free, but like, it's got very limited functionality. So, like, I was reading another piece about it because obviously, with the bugs coming up, I was reading about it. Um, and, like, so at the moment in the game, is you can 1v1 versus AI, and there's a limited time mode where you can 1v1 like other players, but that's all that's in the game right now. So, like, the free release was like, this is the starting point, and then they're going to expand upon it from there. But they might need to fix some stuff. I'm guessing you've clicked like <laughs> you've seen the referee in the ground. Well, that's just a referee in general in football, so that's all but right. There was a video on the other on the other article uh, where it's like that's the referee like will move around with the with the game. So like you know how like the football passes around, the ref like runs around yeah. and he's just in the ground like face down, just going. Brr. <laughs> following around and there's like invisible players like there was another video i saw where they did um where they had um you know like when they all line up at the beginning and they put their arms around each other and they sing the national anthems or whatever and like half of the players and some of the players arms are all like are all missing (laughs) so it's like there's one person with their arm around nothing and then it's just doing the slow pan across and then you'll see a guy and he's got he's got one arm (laughs) And it's just like, oh my god, what the fuck happened? <laughs> See, this is this is what we're talking about, Konami. Uh, we want good games, not broken games, please. Um, when you when you remake or whatever you want to do for the Metal Gear, the Castlevanias, and the Silent Hills. Yeah. Either way, um, wow, yeah. wow. Like you don't sell out sell FIFA either way, but you've made it even more bloody easier for them this year. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm hearing overall competent things about this year's FIFA, and you get and you're throwing out a game that's a complete broken mess, and is the worst reviewed game on Steam ever. Wowzers, absolutely wowzers. That is insane to think that. But I, like, I don't know what else to say here. I hope the team is able to fix it as soon as possible, but also don't crunch, man. I don't want you to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything, but Jesus, man. 
do it healthily. Konami right. will want them to get the game fixed as fast as possible. Well, yeah, really because because their game is going to be reliant on on like content updates, like even more so than like yeah. a live service game. Because like so there's barely there's service, nothing yeah. there. Yeah, it's live yeah. service game, but like what's been released is is there's like two like you can play one v one against against the 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 computer against the AI, or for the next like ten days you can you can play against other players in like a limited time mode. <laughs> that's, that's all that's there. Like that's all that's in the game. Yeah, what even hurts is even more is that you may have some of the players that you got you're able to make them look like them, but. You don't have any of the titles that like FIFA have. Like FIFA have the rights to the UEFA, the Premier Leagues, and all like that. You don't have any of that even football. No. So it's going to be very interesting to see what you're going to be able to do here. Um, like, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. Like, I've never been to Pez person anyway. So when I heard this change to this name, I was just thinking, it seems like you're just throwing this out to die now. And you're just going to be like making it better throughout the time and everything. They obviously wanted to get this out before FIFA. And it's probably been a bit of a rush job, maybe. I'm not really sure. I can't really fully comment on like that. Like FIFA but... comes out and it's sixty sixty dollars, seventy dollars, yeah. whatever it is, and yeah, and like it's got all the the loot boxes in it and the, the FIFA Ultimate teams, and then it's like, well, if you want an alternative, here's here's our free alternative. It's you know what I mean. Like yeah. you can download it and play it right now, but it's like it's such a like it's, a bro- it's broken. But even without yeah. that, it's like it's such a slim offering. It's like why would anyone choose? Yeah, that even if it's free, yeah, over FIFA, which yeah, FIFA Ultimate Team is disgusting, but it also has a bunch of other features <laughs> and mods, yeah. like and your game has like one way to play it, like two ways to play, right? <laughs> like it's it's not a great it's not a great start, and the fact that it's just completely busted up and isn't isn't it's not it's bad it's bad like wow <laughs> i hope i hope they're able to get this sorted. i tell you what though watching all the videos and looking at all the memes really helped pass the time on the bus today so thanks for that anyway stay in japan Capcom intends to make PC its main platform. This is from Jeffrey Resolver at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, Yesterday, Capcom shared that it intends for PC to be its main platform for software. According to Bloomberg reporter Takahashi Mojizuki, Mojizuki's English recap of a Japanese-language Nikkei report, Capcom president and COO Haruhiro Tsujimoto told the outlet at the Tokyo Game Show that it wants the PC to eventually become its primary platform. Also, the publisher wants to have sales from PC games equal to that of home consoles within two years. With this goal in mind, the company announced that the Nintendo Switch exclusive Monster Hunter Rise will be coming to PCs in January of next year. While it's not unheard of for Capcom's PC releases to trail their console counterparts, the company has increasingly supported simultaneous launches in recent years for games like Resident Evil Village, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, and Devil May Cry 5. It's interesting. It wasn't that long ago that Japanese publishers generally stayed away from PC. Yeah. Yeah, Sony are moving to it. Now Capcom are moving to it. So I was wild. Yeah. Like I went on Steam before because Steam Next Fest, right? So I was planning. I was thinking about maybe doing like a demo stream. Um, so I, was, I went on Steam to see what demos were on. Like, and like the first thing I saw, 
PlayStation publisher sale <laughs> on Steam. And I was like, holy shit. Like, if I it's screenshotted happened. that and sent it back in time, like, 10 years, <laughs> like, to my past self 10 years ago, it would have been like, whoa, the future is wild. <laughs> Future's wild, man. Yeah, it's like, wild. so, like, Capcom are, like, it's not even, like, because, <clears throat> like, we've talked about it before. It's, like, we've talked about, like, Japanese publishers are putting more and more of the games on Steam, even, like, because they sell, like... <laughs> That's just yeah. the way the cookie crumbles. Like PlayStation did it because they're selling a lot of units. Like, and Capcom have been starting to do it in recent years because they're selling a lot of units. Like you see Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC. It won't be coming to PlayStation and Xbox. It'll just be coming to PC. Um, yes. and, but like I still find it really fascinating that Capcom's intention is to make PC its main platform. Like That's really interesting to me. Being on everything just get makes the tickets of the be yeah. Let me try this again. Being on everything, we'll get them the top. We'll get the top dollar. Yeah, right. So that's, that's, it's just the perfect marketing sense. It's a perfect uh, money sense incentive for themselves to be able to put themselves on more than just one platform. If you're just sticking just the two platforms, it's uh, not that not impossible that you make make you. You'll you make know, money. Yeah, you'll well, make money. Yeah. You make, you'll break even with the game because they've proven it all for all the. For years and years and years, because they've been primarily a console, yeah, uh, company. But uh, going for it, yeah, it's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with PC game, and there's nothing wrong with console game. We'll play wherever the hell you want. If like. the games are brilliant. That's all that matters. I make a lot of jokes on this podcast <clears throat> and on my live streams and whatnot, but like that, like they are just jokes. <laughs> like you play games wherever you want. Like I just, I prefer console gaming. Yeah, you want to play it on this? You play it on this as well. Go for it. Like you can fucking Go play it. it. Like as I proved on a podcast a couple of months ago, like you could play the new Yakuza on your phone. Yes, you can. <laughs> you don't even need a controller. You can just literally use your phone, and that's fucking awesome, man. Like, see, this is another reason why I don't leave my window open when we're podcasting. <laughs> my window's not open. That's terrifying. Um. So yeah, like this is cool, and I can't wait to see what what like. I was I, I met my friend Patrick for um for a burrito today. He's meant to be coffee, but we got hungry, and um we were talking about uh just games in general, and um I did say like and it, before I'd read this story because I only found this story when I was doing the show notes like like a couple hours ago, and I did say like I imagine the next like Persona Six because we were talking about the Persona franchise. And I said I would imagine Persona Six is going to come out on PC quite rapidly after it comes out on PlayStation Five. Um, because Persona 4 Golden is another example of a Jap- of a game, a Japanese publisher putting a game on Steam, and it sells really well because it turns out PC gamers want to play Persona 4, and they want to play Persona 5 and 6, and they want to play Capcom games, and they want to play Square Enix games. You know, like so. I think it's a really good strategy, but making it its main platform again, that's a really interesting culture shift at Capcom. If that's that's what they're going for, yeah, I agree. Can't wait to see, see the see it come to fruition. Now, where's my Dino Crisis remake? Though? PC exclusive Dino Crisis remake incoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll buy that. I don't care. Just give me it. I mean, yeah, do it. I want you. You know, I'll take the piss out of you for like to to the ends of time and back. But I want you to have your Dino Crisis remake. <laughs> Thank you. I'll still take the piss out of you for always asking for oh, it. Yeah. Predicting oh, yeah. it, being all like it's coming, it's definitely coming. I gotta, I gotta take the piss. 
Oh yeah, I agree. Um, just like you keep taking the fist when I'm like, please, Hollow Knight, <laughs> please. I played you. I played you in 2019. Where are you? The thing is, you've played that. You know it exists. I know it exists. <laughs> well, I don't know if mine exists. You say, <laughs> you say that, but like you, the Twitter thread I put up uh, when I was going through all my boxes and bags and I found all that EGX stuff and I found the book that proved the thing I've been saying for years where nobody believed me, where it was like, dead. I played Dead Island 2. <laughs> at EGX in 2014. <laughs> it's in the book. I played it. It doesn't exist. It it can't exist anymore. It's, it never came out, and it's been like, what, seven years? <laughs> oh, it's so weird, like, stuff like that. But, yeah, it's like... I'm sure, like... I'm sure it's something like... I, I'm, I need to get. I'm gonna give you some hope. I'm sure it's someone somewhere at Capcom is thinking about Dino Crisis right now. Maybe not right now because it's Saturday there. But like today at work, someone was thinking about Dino Crisis in a professional capacity. Did that help? Yes. Cool. Let's move on. This is a follow-up to a story we did last week, and I think me and Moody will just get to say, hey, I told you so. Why the initiative hired Crystal Dynamics to help with Perfect Dark? <laughs> this is from Jeff Grubb over at GamesBeat, who writes, It's something we're hearing more often these days. Making video games is difficult, and the job isn't any easier during a pandemic and labor shortage. And while this reality is turning into... <clears throat> excuse me. Is turning into a new normal. It is forcing many businesses to remain flexible in how they tackle their challenges. That's exactly the thinking that led Xbox Game Studios developer The Initiative to hire Crystal Dynamics as a support studio for Microsoft's upcoming Perfect Dark project, according to sources familiar with the move. Development on Perfect Dark is in the process of ramping up. That was always the plan after a few years of pre-production and prototyping. Excuse me a second. But shifting into that higher gear is taking longer than Microsoft was hoping for. The initiative needs talent, but it's difficult to quickly hire hundreds of skilled developers, especially during the pandemic. And the initiative boss, Daryl Gallagher, was also concerned about team cohesion. It's challenging to get hundreds of people to work together at a high level on their first project together. But Gallagher, who previously worked at Crystal Dynamics, still had strong connections to the studio and publisher Square Enix. He also deeply understands the capabilities of Crystal Dynamics. That led him to pitch all parties about a collaboration. Microsoft executives see this as very similar to large named studios like Certain Affinity working on the Master Chief Collection or Sega's Creative Assembly working on Halo Wars 2 or Sega's Relic working on Age of Empires 4. In today's gaming market, this is a smart shortcut for Microsoft. Sure, it could go out and hire a full team immediately. That might include poaching talent from Crystal Dynamics, but renting that entire team is faster and more efficient. That's that's as far as I'm going with that news story. Basically, they 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 hired Crystal Dynamics because it it's easier to hire an entire team all at once to help with video game development than hire. 100 people which is more or less what we were talking about last week <laughs> when we reacted to the initial news um and we also kind of reacted to like the reaction from people of, about it or it was just like you know people need to chill because i'm sure this doesn't mean the game's in dire straits lo and behold 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's um, game making is hard, ladies and gentlemen. If yeah. you think if you think it's easy to get a game out within two three years, think again. Especially when it's basically they're starting from scratch. To say like, just they they're creating brand new assets. They're creating brand new levels. They're creating brand new assets for the weapons, the clothes, the voice, the scripts. Yeah. That you do not realize the now. If it's a successful game, which I hope it is, the sequel should be out earlier. Uh, that's be out a theory. Lot more that is theory, if they use the same assets. Unless they do a complete cyberpunk thing, say they want to create a whole new game. Um, that's why they'll take forever on that one as well. But either way, um, it's nothing. Like we said yes last week, there was nothing wrong with what was happening. No. And it's still the same. Like, it's, it's all good. It's what we thought it was. It's no big deal. And like... It makes a lot of sense that like it would be difficult to put together a team to ramp up development on a video game right now because of the the state of not just even the gaming industry right but like the world in, in general so like this is actually a really smart move it's like you get an entire team that has already worked together for so long that's actually genius like yeah. like i hats off to Daryl Gallagher, who it seems like came up with this idea because it's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, wait. Well, we could, like, spend months and months and months hiring and and bedding in lots of developers, or we could just take a shortcut. I know some guys. They're all one team. They're really good at their jobs. Yeah. Like, let's just... What if we just hired them as a whole unit? And the thing is, they're probably still hiring. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a counteraction to be able to allow them to still hire, but also stay with on a good consistency to making the game. Yeah. So they're just they're just doing the smart thing here. So by the time the game comes out, they'll probably be at the capacity they want to be. Um, and and then the deal might be all done then, or they might think the deal was so great. Uh, Microsoft by Crystal Dynamics. This was where I, this was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Where I was like, what if this is a tryout? <laughs> Like, what if they're making perfect talk, and then Microsoft just want to buy his crystal? Can't see Square Enix letting them go. So for I mean, me, I it'll can. just be them by Square Enix. <laughs> I mean, I can, but only because like Square Enix have like, I don't know what the correct term. I don't know what the correct word I would use is like, they seem disinterested in. Make in like their West, they seem more disinterested in their Western studios than in their Japanese studios. I think that is a fair analogy to say to any Eastern uh, well, publisher. Square Enix is one of, apart from console manufacturers, you like have studios all over the world. Yeah. Like, is Square Enix the only Jap Japanese publisher that has like. Also on studios in like America, like in the West, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because like they got rid of IR Interactive out of seemingly nowhere. Like, um, Why are those people said, "Yo, let's go. We'll do yeah, our yeah. own thing." Like, <laughs> well, it was that, that was touch and go. Also take it, That was that it. was that was amazing of Square Enix to let them take it, man, with them. Like, holy yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see them doing it just because it. It feels like they they have a much bigger focus on their Japanese stuff, like their Final Fantasies and 
why am I? I'm drawing a blank on literally everything else Square Enix makes. <laughs> Any JRPG game out there apart from Persona? They don't make. And Tales. Tales. They don't do Tales? They don't do Tales, no. Yeah. Bandai so Namco do Tales. I know, yeah. So, um, so yeah. No, yeah, go on. Yeah. No, there's nothing to do. Like, like I said, there was nothing wrong with what happened last week. They said they're doing. No, like, like, yeah, I, I wanna, I wanna, yeah, let's specifically highlight the fact that me and me, me and Moody saw a bunch of people hitting the panic buttons on on our twitters and a bunch of like influencers and content creators going, "This, this is terrible! Oh my god, I'm really worried!" And and you know, me and Moody providing the voice of reason, just going, "It's probably not that bad, though." Well, that's the thing about it. Like, it is weird when you see those type of things. I can understand to a, from a certain point, but I think people forget that, like what I said at the beginning, game development is difficult, especially oh. if you're starting a brand new IP. Well, it's not a brand well, new IP. It's not a brand new IP, they, but Perfect Dark Zero was 16 years yeah, ago. So Yeah, they aren't using the same assets. They're creating brand new assets. They're creating the whole new thing. So yeah. it takes time. If you think it doesn't take bloody time, yeah, they're like blind. one of the they're things blind. I saw was like they're only in pre-production. They've been working on it for years. It's like, well, they had to set the studio up first. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a brand new studio. This isn't like yeah. a studio Microsoft bought. And then it's like once you do that, then you've got to figure out what game you're even making. And then once you do that, you've got to figure out what game, what of that game. Yeah. What is that game? Like sometimes pre-production takes a long time. Yeah, it probably took them six months just to get the get place into the proper tip-top stage. Yeah, yeah, like they probably had to build uh, the with, fucking studio. <laughs> yeah, from the manage from with at least the management structure. No, and I mean that literally. I mean they construct it. Yeah, I know what you're saying there, but I'm going past that. I'm yeah. going to the part where that, and then and then you got to think how long it would have ever took them to decide whatever they wanted to do. And I don't even know. And it was that perfect that so. I'm not even sure. Did Microsoft? Did they own the rights to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, so that's all right, then. Uh, yeah. It was a rare, rare game, yeah, so uh, they've owned the rights yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and everything. So it's like it's a whole thing. It is absolutely a whole thing. Like, there's a reason why God of War, the next God of War, is coming out a lot faster than a lot of people thought was because they're using a lot of the same assets. Yeah, because that's how sequels work. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's like. Um, makes sense and like this is a radical reimagining of perfect arc as well like this isn't oh yeah this isn't this is like it's you could fair to argue this isn't like this isn't perfect arc <laughs> like the games that we knew like yeah. that we played on the n64 on xbox 360 if you were unfortunate enough to play perfect dark zero yeah. um and like like the, but even the article says here like microsoft has done this before like creative assembly made halo wars 2 <laughs> Relic is currently working Age of Empires 4. Like, this isn't even out, outside the, the box for for Microsoft. It's not even outside the box for, for Nintendo. Like, uh, before they bought the studio, a third-party studio made Luigi's Mansion 3. And, like, it's the same thing at Sony. Before they bought the studio, which we'll get into later, Blue Point Games made Demon Souls. Like... Third-party studios making games, yeah, for platform holders is not unheard of. It's called contract work. <laughs> but studios reason, do it, <laughs> and like they're going off to a different studio that Microsoft own. There's a reason why you haven't seen Fable apart from its CGI trailer. 
Yeah, there's a reason for that. There's the all brand new assets that they're it's, creating, and they created a brand new studio. <laughs> like I know this yeah, because I follow several people in the industry who all yeah. left their jobs to go and work at Playground Games. <laughs> yeah. A ton of them did. An absolute ton of them. Yeah, did. tons of people have moved to the UK. I'm so sorry about that. To work at Playground Games. Including yeah. the person, including the person who wrote the. There is a massive argument happening outside right now. I just heard it as I, as I, as I took a breath there. Um, no, it's fine. I'm, everything. The, the fact that the window is closed, but I can still hear it over my headphones, is interesting. Um, I hope someone hasn't set fire to a car again. Uh, yeah, the the one of the writers on Fable uh, did the did the puppet shows on there. Uh, the right wrote the the puppet show episodes in control, which were like my oh. favorite things in that game. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the threshold kids. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Adam McGill. Just, Microsoft have got an incredible, incredible studios. Just give them the goddamn time, especially when it comes to a new IP. Like it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. If there's something to worry about, it'll be really obvious. <laughs> it always is. In the end, yeah. Like we all knew, Anthem was going to be bad <laughs> months before it came out. <laughs> the video game industry, for all of its secrecy, it's really easy to see what's about to be a train wreck and what's not. <laughs> like it's really obvious to see train wrecks coming. Um, speaking of train wrecks. <laughs> That might be the best segue you've done for a while. I, I really put some thought in. I didn't. I just came <laughs> on the spot. But I'm really proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard settles with EEOC, creating an $18 million fund to compensate staff. This is from James Batchelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes... Activision Blizzard has reached a settlement with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, one of the U.S. government bodies that has been investigating workplace issues at the Call of Duty publisher. News of the EEOC's examination of Activision Blizzard first emerged last week with suggestions that it could lead to a settlement. <laughs> the publisher has now detailed the requirements of this settlement, although it's still awaiting for approval from the courts. Activision Blizzard has promised to create an $18 million fund to, quote, compensate and make amends to eligible claimants, end quote, with the EEOC to determine who is eligible and how much relief they are entitled to. This will be open to current and former Activision Blizzard employees who worked at any of the company's US locations since September 1st, 2016. Examples of what people can claim for include sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, and or related retaliation or constructive discharge by Activision Blizzard, end quote. Any money left over from the 18 million... (laughs) Yeah, like there's going to be money left over. Any money left over from the $18 million fund will be donated to charities focused on promoting awareness around harassment and gender equality issues, advancing women in the games industry, and company diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. All charity selections will need to be approved by the EEOC. To put the $18 million figure into context, in the last financial year, Activision Blizzard reported net revenues of $8.1 billion and net bookings of $8.4 billion. In its most recent quarter alone, those figures came in at $2.3 billion and $1.9 billion, respectively. Activision Blizzard made other promises in the agreement, including a proposal to develop software tools and training programs that improve workplace policies and practices, not just at the publisher, but across the industry. 
It will also hire an internal equal employment opportunity coordinator and bring in a neutral third-party EEO consultant to ensure it is complying with the agreement. The consultant will also have to be approved by the EEOC. Uh, actor Bobby Kotick said a bunch of stupid shit. I'm not going to dignify it with, with what he said. He was all like, ooh, we're here at Activision Blizzard. We are really sorry and really good at stuff and we want to be... Whatever. Shut up, Bobby. Go back to your yacht. Activision Blizzard still faces an investigation from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Accusations of illegal union-busting activity from the Communications Workers of America. A class action lawsuit on behalf of its investors for not disclosing issues with its workplace culture. And the lawsuit from the State of California's Department for Fair Employment and Housing that first raised these issues back in July. That's why I don't really trust anything Bobby Kotick has to say. <laughs> The yeah. company is also under pressure over its executive compensation plans, particularly when it comes to Kotick's earnings. The SOC Investment Group told GamesIndustry.biz it is calling for the publisher to award no bonuses in 2021 until the workplace issues are resolved. Fuck Bobby Kotick. Amen to that. Um. So, yeah, when it comes to the number of the money and everything like that, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to the <laughs> I price mean, here. It's a good it's thing that there's money... Yeah, but, but like, when it comes to Activision, who makes hundreds of millions it's like, every year, it's it's very nothing at the same time. It's I don't like me paying with money that I happened to find down the back, like the pennies that I happened to found down underneath the sofa cushion. Like, yeah. in the time it took me to read that news story, Activision Blizzard probably made $18 million. Probably. Like... Probably. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck? Um, so, just to go on, like, another thing, uh, this is probably what's going to happen to all the lawsuits, everyone. Oh, yeah, easily. Thing, they're yeah. going to settle. All of them are going to settle in some way. They aren't going to go to court at all. Activision no. do not want to go to court. So, they will literally make sure they sell. Unless. 90%, 90 of lawsuits never go to court. Yeah, unless, like, unless the, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or the state of California specifically like push really push for it these aren't going to court but yeah. hopefully like hopefully the 18 million this isn't a sign of things to come because otherwise it's just going to be really it's going to be a really disappointing few years um like come on guys they made 8.1 billion dollars in, in a year you can squeeze them for a little bit more money they're good for it there's no doubt about it. But like I said, like I said, like when it comes to the price, it should it should be more at the end of the day. We know this, we all know this. Um, but yeah, um I don't know how to really feel about this at the end of the day because like I say, it's Activision. They're not in the best place right now. We aren't seeing the best things about them or anything like that, which is deservedly so. Let's just remember someone took their own life, ladies and gentlemen, which is a uh, it's a shame that, that that actually happened and everything. And I hope to everybody, please, if you need help, speak up and everything. <clears throat> Sadly, that person did and still didn't get any. That's how bad Activision Blizzard is at this moment in time. This money is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Like I say, yeah. it should be more. It should be more. Like I said, they've probably made 18 million by the time this episode comes out on Monday. They yeah. would have done that guarantee. That's how crazy it is. Um, yeah man like people buy it there's there's like people buying loot boxes and overwatch and call of duty right now like yeah no doubt about it hopefully 
I don't know really what to say. I mean, I'm not well, like, yeah, it's a tough one, right? Because it's like yeah. there's money on the table now for for people who are affected, like in a, in a specific way. Because again, there's 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 like ring fencing around the money, right? It's any former or current employee in the U.S. locations. You're since September first, twenty sixteen. Uh, people could claim for sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination. So there's like it's like it's not like a blanket thing. There's going to be a lot of claimants, like Activision Blizzard turns over staff at an alarming rate. Um, Which it, we'll probably be talking about sometime in the beginning of next year. Probably. Um, like, $18 million isn't going to go that far. Like, there's other things that Activision Blizzard could be doing right now. Like, like I read, read the paragraph, any money left over from the $18 million fund will be donated to charities, which sounds great on paper, Activision Blizzard could just donate money directly to those charities right now. Like, they could easily donate $100 million and they wouldn't even notice, like, on their balance sheet to, like, the, the charities that they're talking about here. And so, like, yay, there's a bit of money that has come out of this for, for some of the people who have been affected by it. But, like, again, it's like the equivalent of Bobby Kotick just, like, found some spare change behind the couch on his fucking yacht that he got with the bonus that he got last year, which was also more than $18 million, significantly more. Yeah. <laughs> like... But that's the thing about it. That's the, that's the thing. I think if we heard it was literally what Bobby made last year, I think we'd probably be saying, no, oh, that's actually not that bad. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's one for one. For, that's that, that one amount that he earned will help a lot of people and everything but it's 18 million dollars which is not even half of what yeah like if they turned around and said instead of giving bobby kotick his 150 million dollar bonus we're gonna set up this fund like it wouldn't erase the damage that was done it wouldn't like it wouldn't fix everything but like it'd be a decent step in the right direction yeah instead of just piss all <laughs> like it's the equivalent of getting rid of your coppers in a busker's thing <laughs> busker's guitar it's like because you just need to get rid of them no doubt about it and you know they're going to use this to not pay any taxes again <laughs> like so what's the fucking point Jesus yeah, I just hope that anyone who is at Blizzard just Please be looking after yourself. If you're wanting to leave, go somewhere else and everything. And I hope you find a place there where you are truly happy, happy, and you are truly yeah appreciated by that company. And Whether that's like that. in the game industry or out of the game industry, like you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Like, yeah. and I hope <clears throat> above all, like I would hope that that message gets to people because it's very easy to 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 be stuck be trapped in like a toxic work environment and like have you 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 thinking twisted around to just be like well it's just how it is and it's not how it is like you can you deserve to be treated with dignity and you can find that and I'm, i know i'm saying it like it's the easiest thing in the world and it's not the easiest thing in the world and me and moody have both been through this um in our lives I think that's fair to say. And yes. 
and it, it is possible, but it is hard. But you'd absolutely deserve better than than all of the things that we've read about Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft and everybody else over the past couple of years. But with that being said, we can yeah, also fight. Well. We can also fight for for a better games industry too. Hell yeah. That's the thing about it. Is but like 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 we've said on many occasions, like this game we love this industry, but it is one hell of a double edged sword right now. And that's what we don't want to hear. And that's what we don't want. No, yeah. But let's try and make it better in in yeah. any way that we can. Yeah. Um, but if you feel like you need to get out, get out. Hell yeah. I can completely understand that. Completely understand that. And we say this knowing full well that we are not inside the game industry. For now, I know you're trying to get into the game industry. <laughs> this podcast, this podcast does not make us games industry people. <laughs> oh, no, no, we are not those kind of YouTube content creator influencers who think we're a part of the games industry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, Amy, there's one thing I wanted to say. I think I know what you're going to say, and I'll just sit back and. By the time this episode comes out, ladies and gentlemen, it will have been 67 days that Ubisoft have ignored the 1,000 people signed position of trying to get, just making Ubisoft a better Ubisoft and ending the abuse in gaming. A better Ubisoft is what we all want. Because you know what? I kind of want to try Avatar next year, Amy. You know that? <laughs> and I, right now, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that because of my own morals in my own life and everything. But either way, <laughs> Ubisoft, like I say every time, please do better. Amy, I'll leave it to you. Man. Yeah, I was talking to Patrick about uh, Assassin's Creed today. And he was like, he was like, he was, <clears throat> he'd played Valhalla. <laughs> And like he played Valhalla after playing Ghost of Tsushima, and he was just like, "Oh wow, this is really like like, like the comp- the comparison is not favorable to Assassin's Creed." And I just went, "Oh, was it?" And he went, "Oh, of course you wouldn't have played it, would you?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, I have a reputation. <laughs> this is good. Is, this is good." The crazy thing is, I loved Valhalla. No, no, the right Odyssey. One? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Odyssey. I did not like Valhalla. Um, we, you Odyssey, reviewed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Odyssey. I've, I've reviewed both. The you reviewed Watch Dogs games. Last yeah. yeah. I did not have a favorable year last year when it came to Ubisoft. Even that was before the freaking whole thing happened with them. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Way. Oh, God, Amy. We've had a mixed year, haven't we? But go on. I'll leave you to do what you need to do. But this is the section of the podcast I do every week. Um, where, so like Moody just said, more than a thousand current and former Ubisoft employees signed a letter in solidarity <clears throat> with the Activision Blizzard walkout back in July, um, demanding that their own management take far more action to end abuse in at Ubisoft and in the wider gaming industry ha- under the hashtag hold Ubisoft accountable. Um, the Better Ubisoft Twitter account every single day posts one of the reasons why someone signed the open letter so what i thought would be a thing to do a good thing to do is to take those tweets every single week and read them there won't be as many this week because we're recording the podcast earlier because of scheduling so there won't be as many as normal but then there'll be more next week um so number one a ubisoft hr director told a victim it's not sexual harassment. 
It only happened three times. I, uh, number two. The generic answer to any collective claim is we take this issue very seriously, generally followed with nothing else. Number three. A male recently started with no prior experience. He's paid 4K more than I was just two years ago as a woman in the same position. Uh, number four, there is no accountability at Ubisoft. Managers who were fined over a million euros in 2016 for insider trading are still working in the company. And that's it. That's all we got this week. Because again, we were, we're recording early, so we don't have as many. Shout out to those brave, amazing people. Yep. Agreed. Think you just have to ever, like, address this <laughs> in any way? Like, like you said, it's been, like, oh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have been 67 days since the letter was, was signed. They have to know it exists because they were sent it. No, I don't think they will do anything. Yeah. Which is a shame. You're probably right. But, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be proven wrong. Oh, God, yes. Like, I want please. to wake up one day and to say, by the time the end of this year, and I'm being kind when it comes to the word, the, the, the length of it should be sorted like that. Tomorrow. Personally. Yeah. Um, I want to wake up one time in the morning, look at my Twitter, and literally see them tweet out, they have spoken. We are in active contact. We are actually trying to sort things. Things could be moving. And I'll be literally like, Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. I want to feel that. Like, I want you know, Ubisoft. We want to say so nice things about you. Like, it's, like I've said it more, the last ten, five episodes. I think you have a rich history, and we want to support you. But you make it hard to. We have a rich history. You. you have some fantastic, amazing, tremendous, beautifully talented people. Yeah. Working in your studios. Like there's a look there's a studio that's local to, to both myself and and Moody. Like I know like I met a ton of people from there. Ironically in London at EGX, but go figure. <laughs> Even though it's round the corner and London is like hundreds of miles away. But like like we don't want the industry to be bad. We want the industry to be good. I would love to just sit here and chat bollocks like about Konami games being bonk as broken, you know? Like here we are. <laughs> please yeah. do something, Ubisoft. Please do something good. The thing is, we expect Activision to know when they're not going to do anything. They're going to throw their thing underneath the rug, and we know that. Ubisoft, you have a chance here to prove us wrong. I hope you can. Hope you can. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Anonymous Camel. Twitch adds new account verification options to help crack down on hate raids. This is from Andy Chalk over at PC Gamer. Who writes, as part of its effort to crack down on hate raids and other abusive behavior, Twitch has confirmed that it's adding a new phone verified chat option that will give streamers more control over who can participate in their channels. The existing email verification system has also been expanded to be more granular. The new verification requirements can be set by channel owners and moderators on all accounts, first-time chatters, accounts under certain ages, one hour, one day, two days, three days, one week, two weeks, one month, three months, six months, or accounts that have been following for insufficient time. 
Exemption options are also available for VIPs, subscribers, and moderators. Because, quote, there are many reasons someone may need to manage more than one account, end quote. I'd manage more than one account. As many as five separate accounts can be verified on a single phone number. To help ensure that flexibility doesn't result in abuse, if one account attached to the number is suspended, either for a single channel or site-wide, all other accounts attached to it will be suspended as well, and new accounts won't be verifiable through a number that's actively suspended. Email verification will only carry over into channel channel level suspensions, however. To reduce friction and avoid impeding chat, phone and email verification will be a one-off deal that will carry across all of Twitch. But because phone verification relies on codes delivered via SMS, and because it's so easy to create new voice over IP numbers, the system will only be available via mobiles, landlines, and VOIP will not be supported. The expanded controls for streamers were spurred by a serious uptick in abusive behaviour against streamers on Twitch, particularly in the form of hate raids, in which bots flood stream chats with racism, homophobia, and other hateful language. That led to the rise of the hashtag TwitchYouBetter and the remarkably successful hashtag AdayOffTwitch campaign. That prompted Twitch to promise, quote, improved channel-level band evasion detection and additional account improvements to help make Twitch a safer place for creators, end quote. It also brought legal action against two persistent hate raiders who have repeatedly evaded attempts to ban them. The reaction to the announcement seems broadly positive. Some users on Twitter express concerns about bot farms using dummy email addresses for verification or the potential negative impact on streamers' audiences, but most seem quite happy with the new feature. Quote, This is a huge step in the right direction, one follower tweeted in response. I've complained a lot about needing this, and credit where credit is due, great job on this, end quote. Valorant Pro Anthony Vanity Malaspina was somewhat more to the point, quote, this is what the kids would call poggers, end quote. This is what the kids... I made fun of that. Uh, this is what the kids say joke in my Dark Souls video. <laughs> as the kids would say, oh, that's a terrible joke. I made that joke. Don't do not do a as the kids would say joke. <laughs> They're bad. Every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm at college, I hear nothing but this is what the kids would say. Because I'm literally in a class full of kids. <laughs> so oh, as the kids would say, it's just like, Moody, we're not old. Like, I wish people would get it out of their heads. It's like, people in their 30s and 40s aren't old. God. Amy, I'm older than two of my teachers. I'm older than some of my managers at my day job, but it doesn't make me feel old. That just means I know better than them and I can boss them around. <laughs> when it comes to my teachers. Anyway, back to this. Um, see Ubisoft. Like you can see, do things. Like You but... can do things. I'm not saying this is perfect or no, anything God, like no. that. There's no doubt about it. This ain't the perfect thing or anything like that. But this is something. This is actual something. This is how you can do it. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Like we said when they said they were doing stuff last time. Uh, it's because they literally had they had they had a little down spike when they did hashtag day off Twitch happened, which so uh, for me uh, Just took both I'll of us by like, surprise. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no doubt about. It. Like I didn't think it would do anything personally. I won't lie. I open my I hold my hands up to that. I was literally think it's not going to do much. It's not. I didn't think that whatsoever because it was the biggest platform. It's the biggest streaming platform out there. When it comes when it comes to streaming your games and everything, as a former um, as a former uh, podcast co-host would say, pressure for change. <laughs> yeah, well, pressure for change, in t- indeed, there's no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, 
this is the, like, they're doing something. I hope this is a good start, and I hope it now moves forward and they do more and more and more because Twitch should be a safe place where you can just go and either do become an incredibly famous streamer or just do it like what you and me do and just play games for the heck of it for dumb fun on a Saturday night with our Among Us friends or whenever we play Fall Guys or whenever we go and see Susan Smith and Phasmophobia again. Or like, yeah, we've like, got multiplayer games coming up that we want to play like with our friends yeah. and have our friends in the audience. Like One of my favourite favorite streams I ever did was... Um, was my my lockdown birthday in 2020 where I played Bloodborne for a laugh, thinking I was just going to get annihilated and get angry and everybody was going to laugh. And then it's like, you watched, everybody watched in real time as I like fucking fell in love with this game. <laughs> um, and it was awesome. Like, it was tons of people. It was great. But like, well, not ton, like tons for us. But like, yeah, Twitch can, Twitch should just be that place where like you can make it a career if you want to make it a career. Like, I know people who, who stream full time and, that's awesome like and i love that but also it's just a place where like me and you can just fuck about in phasma or for the guys or among us and just have fun and like hang out with this time this nice little community we've we've built over the past yeah actually it'll probably be yeah you know, 18 months at this point since uh yeah since we really like a community really started to form but i uh, know it's cool but like Hate raids are a big problem on Twitch, and like one of the things I've always said is like I'm glad that there's attention being brought to this now. But you and I both know, I think everybody who streams on Twitch, like for some reason, Twitch didn't know that this was a problem well before it hit like the news. Like this happened all the time. This it just all that happened was it got some attention, and then it got worse because it got the attention. So like yeah. it is nice that it's finally stuff is starting to be done about it and this isn't the end this isn't the one fix that we all need and now we can get on with the rest of our lives this is a start credit where credit is due it's a good start like the whole thing of like just being able to make infinite accounts on one email address with no verification was obviously a problem but at least they're fixing it like so Yay! Yay! Yay indeed! Yay indeed! This is a good start. One more Twitch, but this is a good start. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact. I also, I also like the the other changes. The channel owners and moderators can can set uh, verification requirements. So, like, if you don't, you can have it so that accounts under certain ages can't join chat, right? Like, oh, this account has only been around for two for like two days. Just looking at the thing, two days. It's like cool. No. <laughs> I don't want that in my chat. Um it sucks for people who legitimately like will join Twitch and sign up to Twitch and do this and do that. But at the end of the day, it's it's protecting marginalized streamers and creators. And at a time when we vastly need that protection no doubt yeah um there are like i say hits are going to get taken here and it's just one of those things yeah it sucks like I say for the people who are, who are just legitimately going to be like oh i just want to watch you because you're awesome oh this is my first time i'm creating an account oh wait i can't watch you because you say you have to have you can't chat so you can still watch but you won't be able to chat 
Yeah, I know, but no, yeah, that's like. But how? Chatting is a big part of Twitch. Like, I'm... <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. If but if you legitimately want to watch this person and you legitimately understand why they have this thing down, yeah. then you'll be patient enough to wait until your account says. Let's just say you have to have it fifty days. Let's just see whatever they do, whatever they want to put down. Like six today. months seems to be the max. So let's just say they yeah. put it down in six months. Six months. Like, there's a reason that that streamer has done that. Yeah. And and it's fair to say that. And it's fair for them to do that. So, Like, no one should be on the end of a... Sorry, Moody, I keep interrupting you. You do it all the time, so don't worry about it. Yeah, but it's because you take weird pauses, and then I go, oh, he's finished. And then he goes, and then you go, and I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? And now I feel bad. I feel bad. I do. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Yeah. I feel bad about everything, though. Yeah, that's true. We're playing a fun game in 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 therapy at the moment. Is it trauma or is it autism? <laughs> Who knows? But I have a journal that I have to write all of my feelings in now. So that's fun. <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. Yeah, like no one should have to be on the end of a hatred. Like that's just yeah. it's not a pleasant experience and. Especially with like the the frequency of hate raids that has been recently, because as much as it has existed on Twitch for a long time, like it, it has gone demonstrably worse mm. recently, which is why the 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 activity happened, which is why like this has happened, which is why a day off Twitch happened. Pressure for change, as foxes would say. I miss foxes. I miss foxes. I'll message you. You'll come back. We miss you. Please come back. We miss you. <laughs> we, can back. Change. <laughs> we can change. We can do it on a Monday instead. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what if I just quit? The, what if I just quit the podcast and it was just you and Foxes? <laughs> oh God, we'd lose all our viewership. And I just, I just reviewed games. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Can't do this anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. Last time. Xbox is making it easier to find accessible games in its stores. This is from Kate Sanchez over at The Verge. She writes, Xbox is making it easier to find accessibility information for games according to an announcement from the company at its accessibility showcase. Games in the Microsoft Store will have accessibility feature tags so players with disabilities can make sure games have the features they need before buying or downloading them. These tags are appearing in-store for members of the Xbox Accessibility Insiders League, which is a fucking amazing name for something, <laughs> starting today and will eventually roll out to all Xbox users. The tags address an issue commonly expressed by players with disabilities. They often have to do their own research to figure out which games they can play. Listing certain features in the store consolidates information that can be frustrating to track down, especially if it's not available on developer websites or in reviews. Publishers will also be able to link to additional information from the store while the tag system is starting in the Microsoft Store. Xbox says they'll also start showing up on Xbox.com, the Xbox app on PC, and Xbox Game Pass apps in the coming months. Xbox says it plans to gather feedback from XAIL members over the next month before expanding the availability of the tags. Part of the fine-tuning for the tags involves determining specific sets of criteria that games need to meet in order to be labelled with each feature. A game with subtitles that can't be resized, for instance, wouldn't meet the bar for the subtitles options tag. 
The list of tags includes 20 features like narrated game menus, input remapping, and single-stick gameplay, and more could be added in the future based on feedback from players. There's also a new accessibility spotlight section in the store with games in different categories based on the accessibility features they have, like audio or visual. Search results will be filterable by feature in the coming months according to Xbox. Xbox also announced several other features that it says will launch soon, including quick settings which allow people to toggle accessibility features on or off without leaving a game or app, global colour filters on Xbox Series X and S for people with colour blindness to customise how colours are displayed across games, apps and menus, night mode with adjustable filters and brightness, controller and power button light dimming and scheduling options, and a free gaming accessibility fundamentals course for developers launching in Microsoft Learn in late October. This is incredible. Like, all of this information is incredible. The fact that Xbox had an accessibility showcase <laughs> is fucking outstanding as well. Yep. No doubt about it. Um, where accessibility, accessibility is an important element in video games, ladies and gentlemen. Like, when we say things like, when it comes to like the Dark Souls and everything like that, like sometimes it's very inaccessible for players. It's because we want to play those games and everything. And like, I want everyone heard... to play them because then I get to talk to everybody. I get Hell to yeah. annoy everybody about talking about Dark Souls. Then, Hell yeah. <laughs> you, you, you do. You want to have that engagement. I do. You want to have that positive chat and everything. And so it's like, what's what I want to do as well? Like, I want to play those games to go. Hey, Amy. You know what? I see what you're talking awesome. about. <laughs> yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, Amy. I feel the burn, and like, like, and like, there's a game like that just came out. What, what you've just dropped a review for for Deathloop? Apparently, the accessibility ain't the greatest Awful. in that either. Absolutely atrocious. Like the yeah. the the text is so small, and then you turn it up to the largest setting, and it's still tiny. And it's just like that's the that's the one thing that I noticed. Yeah, like I'm playing Tales of Arise at the moment, right? Um, great game, love it, fantastic. But like, there's a realism. It'll be out. Next, there's remember. a review. It'll be out uh, next week. It'll be a little while, yeah. But um, like one of the things I'm gonna bring up in the review is like when you're in battles, right? Like every character in the bat on the battlefield is always shouting all the time. <laughs> like they're they're shouting all the moves that they do, and it's just a cacophony of fucking anime characters screaming all of over and over, and it's just like, please shut up! Like I can't figure out what's happening. <laughs> That's an anime in general. They yeah, yeah, but like you know when like <laughs> you know when like someone will shout like like in Dragon Ball Z, right? Where like Goku will be like Kamehameha. But if you imagine that, but there's four of them and they're doing Kamehameha's constantly because that's how Tales of Arise works. I can't tell what's happening on the battlefield because I can't tell what my characters are doing because they're all fucking yelling. And like, it's partially an accessibility option for people who might have hearing difficulties. Um, or people who have sensory overload difficulties, which I actually yeah. do. So, the yeah, definitely doesn't do a good job <laughs> in accessibility at all. There's a, I, like I always like when we talk about accessibility, I always pimp out a website called Can I Play That? Um, who review games based solely on their accessibility. Um, and also uh, Stephen Sale is a good person to follow on Twitter. Um, because he talks a lot about games and and whether they're accessible or not. But it's to see Microsoft take an initiative, take that information, 
and start to put it on store pages like is a fantastic step because there's nothing worse than having to to research to do your own research to figure out if you can if you can play a game or not yeah yeah accessibility is an incredible thing shout out to like laura day laura kittale yeah Laura Kittdale, thank you very much. Um, she does an incredible accessibility show on YouTube. Go and check her out as well. Like uh, Jeff Sterling as well. Like uh, they shout out and push for accessibility as well. Same goes for Stephen Taylor, like you brought up already. Like this is an incredibly important issue that needs to be brought up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yay Microsoft! Yay Microsoft! Yay! Yay, yay Microsoft. Microsoft! Like, like, like don't. You first. No, like I was gonna say, like PlayStation like did an amazing thing last year when it came to like last for all their exclusives. Really, their especially their uh, PlayStation like, Studios games. Yeah. yeah, their accessibility was incredible. Like someone could play The Last of Us Part Two if they were blind. That's how that that is amazing. That's incredible to know that they went so far to allow a person who is basically blind to be able to play that game is. Yeah absolutely when i heard that i was just like blown away by that and to know that basically i would not be surprised that that's most of their games that are coming out with if it's a place i really season. hope so yeah i think the accessibility would be a hard thing that they'll have to i think getting over studio doesn't do it, it was a physical playstation studio, you're gonna be like yo why can't you just take what they have over in naughty dog or a go yeah. or sucker punch and everything like that they have the goats just get them already like this has it's been done like yeah yeah this but it's like this has been done right send 20 people to naughty dog <laughs> and get them to show you what they did yeah right like oh yeah because you're right it's not simple not nothing about video game development is simple but like the knowledge can be can be shared and that's one cool thing about the games industry is like people don't mind sharing this kind of stuff. They do not mind sharing their stuff whatsoever. No. They want to. Yeah. Actively want to share it. Like Microsoft at the end there, we were talking about it. Like get a free gaming accessibility fundamentals course for developers launching a Microsoft Learn later this month. Unless you're Warner Brothers who want to keep the Nemesis system to themselves. Yeah, well, we don't talk about that because Amy gets <laughs> angry. Um,. This is phenomenal. This is fantastic. Like we're big, we're both big champions of accessibility here. Mm-hmm. Um, because the more people that get to play games, the more cool conversations we can have about games with people. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, we we talk a lot about difficulty, um, difficulty settings and difficulty options because like that's our thing. Um, obviously, like we we talk about and champion everything else we just mentioned uh, in this news story um but we talk about it as sort of like more academically because we don't need those things ourselves um but we still champion them it's just that we obviously focus on things that are like you know wheelhouse isn't the right word but i can't think of the right word so i'm gonna stick with that i've just been I've just, i'm on my twitter and i've just seen a a friend of mine literally tag a glitch from, from eFootball. Yeah, from eFootball. <laughs> the character is running. It's literally running like if you were a ninja of Naruto. Naruto arms. running. Yeah, so it <laughs> That's the great thing. I kind of want to play this now. Just for that, but I would. It's free. 
<laughs> that is true. <laughs> what if we both downloaded it and streamed it and played it, just played against each other and just watched all of the magnificent bugs and glitches happen on the stream? Okay, we can talk about this off the screen. Like the like the opposite of accessibility. Like this game's broken. <laughs> Let's play it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is fantastic. All hats off to Microsoft. They've been absolutely killing it with stuff like this um, for years now, yep, and yep, yep. it's yep, yep. fucking fantastic to see. Let's move on. Sony acquires Port Studio Bluepoint Games for real this time. This is from Kenneth Shepard over at Fanbyte, who writes, As the company accidentally revealed, then deleted back in June, Sony has acquired Bluepoint Games, adding another company to its ever-growing list of PlayStation Studios. Bluepoint Games has acted primarily as a porting and remastering studio and has worked with Sony more than any other company since its founding in 2006. This has included projects like Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, PlayStation All-Stars, Battle Royales, Vita Port, and most recently the remake of Demon's Souls on PlayStation 5. I'm not going to read the quote from the PlayStation blog. I'm going to skip it. In a follow-up interview with IGN, Thrush said Bluepoint is working on an original game, which will be a departure from the studio's usual work on remasters and remakes. He also acknowledged that this has been a gradual evolution for the series, having gone from ports to remasters to remakes and now working on its own original content. Quote, Our next project, we're working on original content right now. We can't talk about what this is, but that's the next step in the evolution for us. The transition from remasters to remakes was to test ourselves and push ourselves harder for the next step, end quote. Thrush said, noting the team, was it about 15 people during the production of the original God of War collection? Right now is it about 70 employees and grew to 95 people at its peak during Demon Souls with outsourcing work too. Moody, before you jump in, I'm going to continue and read the next news story because I feel like it's all relevant all at once. Because PlayStation says it's open to further acquisitions following Bluepoint purchase, which is from Tom Ivan over at VGC. He writes, PlayStation Studios head Herman Hulst has said Sony Interactive Entertainment remains open to further acquisitions following a number of recent studio purchases. On Thursday, SAE announced that it bought Bluepoint Games. The move followed the company's recent acquisitions of Returnal developer Housemark, PC port specialist Nix's Software, and FireSprite, a UK-based developer established by former members of SIE Studio Liverpool. PlayStation now has 16 internal teams. The studio's boss, Holst, isn't ruling out further additions. Quote, We are all open always to building new relationships or bringing people in-house, but only if we adhere to the quality-first mentality and the right kind of innovative content, new experiences, diverse exper- diverse experiences, end quote. Yeah, that'll do. Blue Point Games, who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Apart from everybody, because they accidentally said it in June. <laughs> the worst kept secret... <laughs> This has basically been the worst kept secret since, since Fable. Fable was revealed. <laughs> yeah, since Fable, basically, yeah. Not that my PlayStation bought or acquired uh, Bluepoint and everything. Yeah, yeah, we all knew this was going to happen eventually. Like, it was like, I kind of think people were like surprised. Wait, why did you just, you just had a thing two weeks ago. Why didn't you just talk about it then? <laughs> but no, we don't want to. Yeah, maybe they were finalizing a contract or something. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but now, either way, Congratulations was... to Blue Point. They've been in an incredible studio for them. Like they did the port for the Uncharted trilogy or quadrilogy yeah. or whatever. Uh, no, yeah, the three trilogy. games, right? 
you know, three games, which was absolutely fantastic. Why is that? They obviously did incredible success with obviously with Demon Souls. Um, arguably, was but arguably made their best game since it was for PlayStation Five when it was Demon Souls. Is, I mean, it's Blue Point's best game, but like, it's such a fantastic reimagining of the original Demon Souls because it goes beyond just being like. Hey, we upscaled it. Uh, the original yeah, yeah. game. It's like they rebuilt that game from the ground up, and you can feel it because, like, Demon Souls, obviously, kickstarted a hugely successful spiritual series. We'll call it a spiritual series for From Software, but like, it's not a great game to go back. <laughs> like, it's just not. Sorry, sorry, PS3 uh, purists, but um. Like, uh, Bluepoint did such an amazing job recreating that game um, for PlayStation 5. Um, and, like, they've done a lot of good work. Like you say, the Unchar- Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, that's how I played the original Uncharted games. <laughs> like, I played them in that collection because I never had a oh. PS3. So, like, that was that was, that was was me forget, playing... I always forget that. I always forget that. Amy, that was me playing catch-up to, to before Uncharted 4 came out. Um... So yeah, that's how I did. That's how I experienced them. Um, they're a fantastic studios, filled with fantastically talented people. Um, and this is awesome. Do we think PlayStation are actually done, or do you think Herman's just saying that because you know you can't you can't ever rule it out? No, I that will be done. done. I don't think they're done. No, I still I know you said no and everything like that, but I do actually I will not be surprised if we hear they acquire Square Enix. <laughs> I know, I know, but I know it's it's a fool's choice when I say that. But I just if that ever comes out, Amy, I will not be surprised. No, I'll yeah. listen like at all for that. But uh, no, um, they aren't like going for the, the only thing that makes me pause for that because it's a it's not just Square Enix. That's multiple studios. That when it comes to thinking, yeah, like it's, when it comes to them, they literally go hmm, one studio. It's always just one studio. It's not a publisher or developer, like a huge developer with many yeah. studios whatsoever, like what Microsoft did with Bethesda, because that and everything and and other ones. But um, either way, um, well, but what PlayStation are doing is they're they're working with studios first to yeah. like and and then when they make hit games like Returnal, like Demon Souls, going, yeah. you know what, we should probably let's make this official, right? Like yeah. so, like look at who PlayStation are partnering with see what they're doing and well, there's your list <laughs> there, there's your list of potential no like no, not just like getting I'm fucking joking, exclusives I'm joking, I'm joking. otherwise otherwise like with, with like death loop oh sony buys xbox whoa um <laughs> i would be the pull-off of the century that loan to get that would have been that's a lot of money <laughs> that's a lot that's a huge loan to take that would that off. be i swear to god if that happened that would be the greatest podcast episode of all time um <laughs> but like no it's like like look at who who they're partnered with right now that's your list of potential playstation acquisitions because that's what they've been doing with insomniac with housemark with bluepoint yeah there's no doubt about like um uh, like obviously at the top of the head right now boys would be possibly super massive like they've done really a lot of things for them uh, yeah like super massive and quantic dream like I, know I, I don't want to, but, like they've seemed to have moved away happened, yeah they would have happened but they don't want to 
they've both those studios have moved in the opposite direction where it's like yeah. they were doing stuff for Sony and they were partnered yeah. with PlayStation, but now they're not. So Yeah. But, I'd say the same with Remedy as well, but like they they partnered with Epic for their last for their next two games. So don't know what's going on there. Sony have a great relationship with Epic. That's so... true. But I feel I like PlayStation, if PlayStation had the faith in, in, I'm just gonna say it. If Sony had the, if PlayStation had the faith in Alan Wake and Alan Wake Two, they would have paid for it themselves and not let Epic pay for it. Because it's Alan Wake. I'm sorry. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done being coy. It's Alan Wake and Alan Wake Two. It's, one of them's coming out this week. <laughs> I wanna. I'm just to check a couple of things out here. Okay. So. Um. I mean that doesn't rule anything. I like PlayStation could be doing anything in the background. Could be trying to buy platinum. They could be trying to buy from software. They could be trying to buy anything. Like the the reason why PlayStation's moves look smaller than Xbox's is because Xbox had a problem at the beginning of the last generation. We talked about it a lot on this podcast in the back back in the day, which was they didn't really have any studios to make <laughs> make their first party games for them. So they went out and bought shitloads really fast because that's what they needed to do but playstation didn't never have never needed to do that yeah so they haven't they've just like they've picked up studios that are doing really great work for them bringing them yeah. into the playstation family and giving them the resources to to make bigger games like blue point are making their own ip that's fantastic it's gonna be interesting no doubt about that um for me the I don't know if it's an acquisition, but for me, I think a, I think it's a, a proper few, uh, maybe a merger, like with Epic. I could see that happening because they have a great relationship with them, and maybe it's an, a merger in some sort of way. Um, that would be wild. That Epic would be wild. is huge. <laughs> yeah, but I've just checked the net worths <laughs> right now. Sony out uh, net worth is bigger than Epic, so. But didn't so, But Epic. Is yeah, but Epic's creeping up. Like, yeah, it Epic's creeping, creeping up. up. And what you got to remember is like Sony's a multi like yeah, industry yeah. company, right? And like Epic yeah, yeah. makes games and game engines. Yeah. So like the fact that Epic's creeping up on on Sony when Sony makes TVs and cameras and lenses and movies and yeah, yeah. consoles and games like that's impressive that is wild there's no doubt about it epic makes fortnite <laughs> that's it that's yeah. really that's it um okay let's start being okay i got this i know what we're doing next new story we'll stick with playstation god of war ragnarok delay may have been due to act as surgery this is from ben reeves over at game informer he writes God of War Ragnarok is one of Sony's most anticipated releases. The sequel to 2018's mega hit was initially teased about a year ago, and we initially expected Ragnarok to release sometime this year. Well, I don't know why. However, in June, Sony confirmed that the title was getting pushed to 2022. Several factors likely led to this delay, but Kratos' voice actor Christopher Judge recently took to Twitter claiming responsibility. In reality, it's hard to say that Judge was entirely responsible for Ragnarok's delay. Voice actors don't know every detail in a game's production pipeline, and factors such as the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic also likely played a part in Sony's rescheduling. Even so, it's interesting to hear Judge's perspective on the matter. Chris Judge, I know because I know you watch this podcast. Number one, you're awesome. I love you so much. Never change your fashion sense. Number two, you had no part in <laughs> God of War's delay. <laughs> 
He was just doing his duty, saving the world like he did in, for 10 seasons in, with the SGC and everything like that. He's just doing his duty and everything. Yeah. But um, no, uh, I agree with you. I This game was... It's getting delayed either way. It was always, it was always going to get... It wasn't going to hit the 2021. Like, I... Um, I have more faith in you in, in the game to hit 2022. I know you do not, which it's either way. But like I say, if it gets delayed to 2023, that's okay as Fine. well. I'll still. Have I'm you still seen 2022? <laughs> that's the thing about it. Yeah, uh, I don't mind it going to 2023 because that by that time I might have had a PlayStation 5 by then. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. I might have a PlayStation Like every 5 day, I am so grateful for to to pass Amy for like going to the effort to securing a PS5 on launch day because you know what? It's true. There haven't been that many PS5 exclusive games, right? But You are ready. It's fucking October 2021 and this still it's still nearly impossible to get one. So I'm like, thank yeah. you, Past Amy. Yeah. You really fucking came through. <laughs> yeah. For but once. It's all right. I'm- I'm getting an X. I'm getting a Series X next month. You so are. You're right. getting a you're getting a cool Master Chief Series X. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like Christopher Judge, like what probably happened is he probably had to go and get the surgery, had to take some time off of work, and the the delay got announced roughly around about the same time. So Chris Judge just put two and two together and got seven. Like. That's just speculation on my part, but I can see that. I can see that being the, the chain of events. And bless him for, for like taking that on himself. But like, no, God of War was always getting delayed. I don't deny that there's no doubt about it that they probably were hoping to hit 2021. But Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They, like, if the pandemic never happened and everything like that, we might God have had God of War and Horizon would have yeah. both been out. It's probably is, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Like, so many <laughs> of the games that were like going... Oh my god, look at 2022 would have come out this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Elden Ring and Pokemon probably would have come out this year. Yeah, I might have been smashing Fantasy Critic even easy with Elden Ring. <laughs> I feel like if Yeah. I feel like if the pandemic hadn't have happened, we all would have made different decisions with in Fantasy Critic. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. You would have had Hollow Knight last year. I would have I would yeah, Hollow Knight would have already <laughs> <Yeah>. came out. <laughs> it would have added to the Seven million point score I got last year. Like I, oh, I did so well last year. You I'm did, doing so badly well. this year. Moody, let's do a new story that I almost put. I almost put this number one because this has become a running joke of podcast title <laughs> because of how many times this has happened. Oh, Nintendo no, you're, you're right, denies man. existence of 4K Switch. <laughs> This is from James Bachelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes, Rumors of a 4K-ready Nintendo Switch continue to circulate. But while the platform holder usually stays quiet, it is today categorically denied such a device exists. Bloomberg has yet again reported on anonymous sources claiming that a 4K-capable Switch, which has come to be known by many as the Switch Pro, is still in development. Employees from 11 games developers around the world, including Star Wars Hunters developer Zynga, say they are in possession of development tools for the device. It's also a claim that the ongoing wait for the rumoured Switch Pro and the lack of 4K capability in the upcoming Switch OLED model is due to component shortages caused by the pandemic. Nonetheless, the report claims such a system is still in the works and is due for release late next year at the earliest. 
Nintendo responded to the report via its corporate Twitter account, quote, A news report on September 30th, 2021 falsely claims that Nintendo is supplying tools to drive game development for a Nintendo Switch with 4K support. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to clarify that this report is not true. We also want to restate that, as we announced in July, we have no new plans for any new model other than the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which will launch on October 8th, 2021, end quote. This is largely the same statement Nintendo made earlier this year, which was also in response to a Bloomberg report. Since the initial publication, Zynga spokeswoman Sarah Ross told Bloomberg that the company, quote, does not have a 4K developer kit from Nintendo, end quote. Jason, leave Nintendo alone. <laughs> stop, stop posting this story every three fucking months. Like, he posted this story with less than a week until the OLED model came out. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, just leave it. Even if there is one, Nintendo aren't going to admit it because they're trying to sell their new model. <laughs> like, why do you keep coming back to this? Can Sorry. I just be frank? Yeah. I don't care anymore when it comes <laughs> to this whole This thing. is what I'm talking the about. It's just like... And craziness when it comes to this. It's just... It's all over the place. Do I... Do I think there's going to be a 4K Nintendo yes. Switch one day? Yes, I agree with that. But when... And was the reveal of the OLED model a bit wah, wah, wah? But it was only... But, I can really... I can appreciate that. But it only it only fell flat like that because... Because of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree with you there. It's... Yeah, I don't... I really don't care anymore. <laughs> I never cared in the first place. Like, yeah. this is the thing, right? Like, when a 4K Switch comes out, if I've got a 4K monitor or TV by then, sure, I might take the plunge on a 4K Switch because it's a cool idea. And I would love to see Breath of the Wild 2 in 4K or Pokemon or, or Arceus. Yes. In 4K because I think those games would look incredibly beautiful. But, like, we just did this in June and it turns out you were completely fucking wrong. Please... Stop. When I can sit here on this poxy little podcast and say, no, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> You're incorrect. To a video game journalist like Jason Schreier, you need to stop banging the drum. It's time to stop. It's time to move on. <laughs> we did this in June. And I thought it was dumb then. <laughs> I know what I'm picking for our, my prediction for 2022 next year. And you know what? <laughs> like I'm going to say at least three stories of a 4K Switch. <laughs> like, it's got, like, Nintendo's stock price went down over this. <laughs> like, like, because they've got a fucking model coming out, and now it's like, oh, are people going to buy this model? Because, like, because, like, hey, guess what? Why would they? Because there's going to be a 4K Switch Pro coming out at some point in the future, because... It's just like I don't normally like I don't normally defend the corporation, but at this point I'm just like, please just leave them alone. Like just let them get on with it. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think a lot of people care right now. Like until Nintendo themselves say it. What's the point? What's the point in this? Like that's what I think that's what that's what's really starting to frustrate me with it. It's like what is the point in continuously pointing out which yeah, you you said it. It's is there gonna be a 4K switch at some point in the future? Of course there is. That just goes without saying. There will be a 4K switch at some point in the future. But what's the point in continuously going, look, this thing, 
This is going to be a thing. Why? What's the point? That's me pretend to click. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> not you, not you. I mean, I'm, to I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking directly because I don't know that Jason Schreier wrote this article, but it's a Bloomberg article and Jason wrote the last one. So I'm addressing Jason directly. <laughs> Please stop it. If I, if I wake up in December <laughs> and I'm reading about a fucking 4K Switch, that's definitely going to be revealed at the Nintendo Direct. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to get on this podcast again and just be like, stop. stop. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Octoplush will definitely be grumpy that day. <laughs> Let's just be frank here. By the time this comes out, 8K is going to be a thing and everyone's going to be screaming for the 8K at Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I mean, 8K exists. It's just... I know, but it's not really a thing right Stupendously now. Stupendously so... expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so this will be, 4K will be out on, like, the 4K Switch will be out like, four years. Um, and then by that time, 8K will be a thing. It'll be 8K Xboxes, 8K PlayStation 5s, and all like that. And then play and then Nintendo will be like, we'll see you in 10 years of our 8K Switch. <laughs> they'll, release their, like... they'll release their 4K Switch, and then before Jason has a chance to hit publish on his 8K Switch Triple Pro rumors, he'll just <laughs> mysteriously disappear. <laughs> Donkey, Kong, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Donkey Kong was seen hanging around outside his house. <laughs> Hours before his disappearance was reported. <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> oh. Nintendo were pissed, you can tell, because Zynga came out and went, we do not have a 4K dev developer kit from Nintendo. <laughs> what a sick of it, part there. You can I mean, I'm sick of it. Sick I can only imagine how Nintendo feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, at the end of the day, it's just... My thing is, it's like, it's, yeah, they'll show it when they want to show it. Yeah. All right? It doesn't matter right you now. You don't get to dictate when they want to show you something. Yeah. They dictate that. Like, so it's the same the thing. In, in, a, in a way, it's the same thing about game leaks, right? Like, you know, like, we, how many game leaks have we seen, right? Like, well, this game exists. Great. Like, but, like, and, and I'm not really that bothered that, like, a triple A publisher's marketing campaign got screwed up because somebody leaked a, a game. But at the same time, like when I read a leak, like I am struck with the thing of like, and I get it, it's clicks, but like I am struck with the thing of like, but like I don't care <laughs> because I don't see, like, at least when they, they reveal the game, I get to see the game, <laughs> even if it's just a CG trailer or a an announcement trailer or whatever like i don't know like i'm just weird like that i'm not really that bothered about knowing something before i'm supposed to know it i don't care about spoilers whatsoever anymore oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah, i'm not a spoiler that. person doesn't bother, doesn't bother me whatsoever i can literally get told a film that's out now and how it ends i won't care yeah. whatsoever or even a game whatsoever it doesn't bother me whatsoever anymore the and like we always know pretty much that a game is coming in some sort of way. The only thing that annoys me is that when I see clicks, the sites put up a thing of saying this is going to be there, thinking, well, 
Okay. All right. Like, why did you tell me that? that? Why, why are you telling me that? Yeah. I don't need to know that. And you just can't click for no Maybe that's the thing. All. Like, people have been talking about how, like, oh, E3 is on its ass because the conferences aren't as good anymore. It's like, well, maybe if you stopped telling us 80% of the fucking conference before we went into the conference, we would actually have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's impossible like, to get was... surprised anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I respect the people who like literally say I'm staying off Twitter for like three di- the four three three four days of E3. It's like you do that. Good, well done, good good for you. Uh, and you get and you get all that surprises. I'm over the moon for you. But yeah, like it's 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 a finding that right balance. And it's just like yeah. it also it hurts that there's too many too many news sites out there, man. Too many news sites out there. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, like the rumors I've seen are wild. Like, you've got to be very careful about like where you even consume your your news from because like there are sites out there that will just make up the craziest shit. (laughs) Hell yeah! Hell yeah! About Nintendo switches. (laughs) But you know what isn't crazy, Amy? Games are next week. This week. Yeah. Coming out, ladies and gentlemen, we have Alan Wake Remastered. At long last, the remake or remaster that Amy has been calling for. Now, as she's got that one, I want my Dino Crisis, please. <laughs> Even though it's a different developer. PC, PlayStation, and the Xboxes. In this award-winning cinematic action thriller, troubled author Alan Wake embarks on a desperate search for his missing wife, Alice, following her mysterious disappearance from the Pacific Northwest town of Bright Falls. He discovers pages are of a horror story he has supposedly written but he has no memory of it extobia i think uh pc playstation xbox and switch explore and fight your way through a crashed human spaceship infested with unforgiving hordes of aliens in this retro-inspired first-person shooter featuring crisp, colourful pixel art and electronic music. Uncover new areas and become more powerful in combat with exciting weapon upgrades and power-ups. Jet, the far shore, invites you on an interstellar expedition to carry out a future for a people haunted by oblivion. In this cinematic action adventure, as Scout Mir uh, be the first to deploy the mystic ocean planet uh, and take the helm of a jet and explore the vast unknown. Skim low over the waves, roar up coastlines and caveat through overworldly woods. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania PC PlayStation the Xbox and the Switches. Go bananas with your favorite monkey gang in the ultimate Super Monkey Ball adventure. Vargas the, the River of, of the the River the Riven Realms Realms PC embark on the perilous journey across the realm for sis forsaken by the gods and devastated by the arcane cartelism. A cot Accompanied by a hardy crew, you must trade, fight, and explore your way to success as the leader of a traveling company in Vargas, an award-winning turn-based post-apocalyptic fantasy RPG. Metroid Dread Switch on an alien uh, on a remote on a remote alien planet. 
A mechanical menace awaits that will push even the galaxy's greatest bounty hunter to her limits. Join Samus Aran in on her deadliest 2D adventure yet in Metroid Dead Dread the, on Nintendo Switch. And finally, Night Ravine PC is a puzzle adventure game in which a child must solve the mystery behind the distortion of her of his house explore puzzle filled environments and discover strange creatures living in the house as you reach the truth behind of what looks like a bizarre nightmare and that is it for for the games out this week there's quite there's some interesting games there um, like Alan Wake Remastered. Alan Wake Remastered. Like, I'm really looking forward. Because, you know, we talked about this when Joseph and Carl were here. Um, I am really looking forward to people playing Alan Wake who never played it. Like, got to play it the first time around. Um, like, not necessarily, like, I'm not going to play it. Like, I played it, like... <laughs> I played it um, earlier this year when I captured footage of it from my control. Right, respective. Um, and I've got other games to play. But, like... The idea that, like, say you, for example, could play Alan Wake Remastered and you've never played it before, um, that's cool to me. You know, Joseph's never played it before. Like, to see Joseph play it for the first time, like, I'm going to live it, like, relive it vicariously through you guys. Yeah. Um, transport myself back to 2010. Me and Keith um, played it all in one day. <laughs> he came down to visit me at least and we just played Alan Wake. Um, one of the days that he was down. Um, it was awesome. Classic. It was awesome. Um, Night Reverie sounds cool. Obviously, Metroid is Metroid, right? Um, like I saw Night Reverie. There was a Game Developers of Color uh, showcase last week uh, on the same day as the Nintendo Direct with some really cool games in it. Night Reverie was one of them. Might give that a look. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see. It's time for Open Critic Head to Head, really. This is the game we play every week where we try to guess the open critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest to the score at the time of recording gets one point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, we well, last week we tried to guess the open critic average of Lemon Escape, but there, there are no reviews yet. So you might think, oh, that's anticlimactic, but ages ago we tried to guess the open critic average of in sound mind which got delayed until tuesday just gone um so that has reviews to guys now so we can announce those results i guessed it would get a 77 moody guessed it would get a 69 uh foxes guessed it would get a 78 at the time of recording in sound mind has an open critic average of 74 which gives amy a point which puts the scores at amy 19 moody 16 foxes 6 keith 10 with two draws this week we're trying to guess the open critic average of metroid dread first 2d new 2d metroid game for fucking ages <laughs> Always been so long. What do you think, Rooney? Oh, he's thinking. I didn't hear that. Sorry. 90. Oof. See, I'm in two minds, right? Because it's like, this could go either way, right? 
Yeah. Go eight, eight, I won't lie. If it's safe, eight, eight. <laughs> there's no doubt about it's that. It's going to be eight, eight. Have this feeling. It's a Nintendo game. It's the it's... only really big Nintendo game that that's coming out this year. I know. I'm forgetting. I know. I'm pushing oh. Pokemon aside. There. I don't. Yeah, they're re- they're big. remasters though. So yeah. it's, this is the big new game, right? Yeah, this is the big new game, and. If this was like the one game everyone was hyped for after the Nintendo's yeah. thing at E3, uh, so yeah, I think this could be the best uh, rated game this year. Is this going to be the game that finally breaks ninety? Yeah, at least stays in it. I've, I've, I'll tell you what, I've hung my hat on that twice now this year, where I've been like, this is going to do it. This is going to be the one <laughs> that breaks the breaks the barrier, and so far they've all been eighty-eight. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with A4. Oh, fascinating! Yeah, I thought you would have gone it. Yeah, I don't know why. No. I was thinking I've lived that number first. Well, say, yeah, didn't she? I feel like it's. I feel. Well, I've been feeling like feeling this since E3. Like where I feel like this could go either way. Yeah. Um, where it could be like I don't think it's gonna be a bad game. What I, what I mean by that is it, this could be like you say best game of the year, or it could be like just a bit not quite there if that makes sense like it's a great game as opposed to an amazing game is where i think like the two things are gonna go so i like, you go and hide just made me go well i'll just i'll put my bet in the other direction <laughs> like i'll put my bet in the other way and we'll see what happens i could squeeze here and go 89 and just but like there's no fun that's not a fun way to play open craig head to head i think i'm not either fun i'm here to win and I need to catch well, some I'm, points. I'm here to have fun. It's why I lost last year, but it seems to be work that, that tactic seems to be working for me this year. Uh, <laughs> like going eighty eight because every game gets eighty eight on Psychonauts two and Psychonauts two getting an eighty eight, like <laughs> I wasn't being serious. <laughs> but that's what happened. Um so yeah, that's going to do it for for this week's episode of Words About Games podcast. Thank you very much for watching. If you've watched over at youtube.com slash wordsaboutgamesuk, thanks very much if you've listened on other podcast services. I'm going to leave it with Moody to play us out. Oh, smeg. You did it again, didn't you? God, so you I do this every week. <laughs> like, this has become a thing. <laughs> It has come a thing. I apologize. That's okay. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how I could. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, here's some positive energy to wrap up, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone. You are a rare gem, an exclusive, a limited edition. There is only one of you. Have an amazing weekend. Remember, you are awesome. Oh, thank you, Mary. Say bye. I was talking, I was talking to them, but okay. Oh, hey, bye. Like, I, <laughs> like that was literally. I was literally. You made you made octopus. You smile. Oh, oh, yay! Yeah. It was it was all at you, Amy, because I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Don't make me cry on a podcast. It's embarrassing. Bye. <laughs> Jazz hands. Jazz hands. The boys from the dwarf.